Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 6 of Nebraska Soccer Talk. I am your host, Joe Cleary. We have a full podcast today with a recruiting roundup, some Nebraska soccer news, and a really good conversation with a good person and good coach in our Nebraska soccer community. Before we get started with this episode, I want to thank John Brzezinski for his support of Nebraska Soccer Talk. John is a soccer coach, a soccer referee, and probably most importantly, a soccer dad. Thank you, John, for becoming the latest patron of Nebraska Soccer Talk. To join John and the other patrons and supporters of Nebraska Soccer Talk, visit www.patreon.com slash Nebraska underscore talk. If you don't want to be a monthly supporter and would prefer to be a one-time supporter, you can visit our Venmo at Nebraska underscore talk. I will link to both of these in the podcast notes, but remember the biggest support that you can do um, is to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Let's get going. We are going to start off today's episode with the Recruiting Roundup. Nebraska Soccer Talk's Recruiting Roundup is brought to you by Sports Recruiting USA. Sports Recruiting USA is the most transparent, personable, and affordable U.S. college soccer recruiting service. Sports Recruiting USA has been advising and helping place student-athletes with college soccer programs since 2010. To learn more about Sports Recruiting USA, visit www.sportsrecruitingusa.com. While signing day for soccer was back in November, Many athletes and schools celebrated their signings this past week. We will cover all of the ones we were able to find on social media this week, especially if we had not covered them in the past episodes. If we missed your commitment or your player's commitment, please send us a DM on Twitter. Any missed players unintentionally want to make sure that they get their coverage. We start this week off with Sophie Sumi's commitment to Hastings College Women's Soccer. Sumi plays her high school soccer for Papillion La Vista South and her club soccer for Evolution Soccer Club. Summy is a center back that helped Papillion La Vista South to a state tournament berth last spring. Summy heads to Hastings College, who finished 13-5-1 last fall, ending their season in the GPAC semifinals to eventual conference champion Briar Cliff. Corinne Olson from Lincoln Southeast and 402 Development Academy has signed with the University of Nebraska Kearney. Olson is a good athlete with a solid right foot, and she can play as a wide midfielder or wide forward. She helped lead a young Lincoln Southeast team to a 9-5 record last spring and she will join a Kearney program that struggled last year in the very competitive MIAA and has been without a head coach since this November. Kimberly Davenport from Bellevue West and Sporting Nebraska has signed with Nebraska Wesleyan University. Davenport, who can play as a midfielder or a defender, appeared in every game for Bellevue West last spring as they finished 5-11. She will join the Division Three Prairie Wolves, who finished 5-11 last fall, just missing out on the AARC tournament. Moving over to the boys' side, we can announce that Tyler Phillips from Scott Catholic Boys Soccer has signed with Doan University. Doan has been active in the local recruiting scene in the past couple weeks, and they will add another solid player in Phillips. Phillips plays his club soccer for Dreamers FC. He appeared in every game for Scott Catholic, scoring three goals and registering four assists. Scott, of course, had a dominant season going 21-1 and winning the Class B State Championship over Lexington in a classic matchup. He joins a Doan University team looking to continue their rise up the GPAC standings next fall. Staying within Scut, but moving to the girls' side, we have Elizabeth Rosenthal, Rosenthal signed with Division II women's program, Rockhurst University. Rockhurst is located in the Kansas City area. Rosenthal, who recently transferred to Scut, competed for Mercy last season. She appeared in 18 games for Mercy, scoring an impressive 15 goals and tallying six assists. Rosenthal was named first-team All-State by Link- the Lincoln Journal-Star, second-team All-State by Omaha World-Herald, and she was a first-team 
All River Cities Conference member. She'll be a big addition to an already strong Skyhawks team who will be looking to repeat as state champions. Rockhurst University finished 6-10-2, and they compete in the GLVC Conference. We head back to Papillion for our next three announcements. First, we want to announce Braden Warax signing to College of St. Mary. Warak, a defender, plays for Papillion La Vista South and Evolution. On Twitter, Coach Jake Watkins from Papillion La Vista South called Warak a versatile player who is primed to have a breakout season this year for the Titans. Coach Jordan Ursic has done a good job building the CSM program with local talent, and she continues with this signing. Next, we have Mia Lang, who is joining Lincoln Southeast Corinne Olson and signing with Division II University of Nebraska Kearney. Lang will be a four-year varsity letter winner for Papillion La Vista South, also competes for Omaha United. Lang was an ever-present player in the midfield for the Titans last spring, and her energy, physicality, and skill will serve her well at the next level for the Lopers. Last but not least, from Papillion La Vista South, we have goalkeeper Jenna Schultz, signing with Division III, Nebraska Wesleyan University. Schultz was the starter on last year's talented Titan squad, and my guess is she will continue in that role this year. Schultz plays her club soccer for Midwest Premier Academy 04 Girls. Nebraska Wesleyan had two senior goalkeepers on the roster last fall, so there may be potential for Schultz to have an instant impact with the Prairie Wolves, Prairie Wolves in the fall. Switching back to the boys' side, we have Millard West's Sean Beatty signing with NAIA Midland University Men's Soccer. Beatty, a goalkeeper, plays his club soccer for Gretna Elite Academy. Last spring, he split time and goal, helping the Millard West Wildcats to a 10-8 record and a spot in the state tournament. He will join a Midland University squad who finished 8-10 last year. A brief glance at last year's roster shows at least two goalkeepers who Beatty will be competing with for minutes next year. Back to the girls' side and across the river, we can announce that Hannah Shimmer of Abraham Lincoln High School is staying at home and signing to play with Iowa Western Community College. Shimmer tallied, tallied 14 goals and four assists last spring for the Lynx. Shimmer plays her club soccer for NFC. Hannah is a very talented player capable of playing as a wide midfielder or wide forward. I think we'll be announcing her year, her name again in two years' time when she makes a big-time transfer from IWCC. I know the Iowa Western coaches are very excited about her. She joins Iowa Western Community College women's soccer program who is coming off a season where they went to the national tournament again. Staying on the Iowa side of the river, we have Lexi Smith committing to College of St. Mary. Lexi Smith plays high school soccer for Thomas Jefferson. Lexi is what I like to call a throwback athlete because of how many sports she plays. In an era of specialization, Lexi is an incredible five-sport athlete. Along with soccer, Lexi competes in softball, basketball, volleyball, and track and field. Back into Nebraska and back to Lincoln Southeast. We are able to announce that defender Cadence McCurdy is staying close to home and signing with Southeast Community College. McCurdy plays her club soccer for Hawks FC. She joins the Southeast Community College women's program that finished 5-10-2 last year, and they continue to make strides every year. We move out of the Metro for our last two prep signing announcements. First, out of Kearney, we have Kirsten Garner signing with the NAIA Concordia University. Garner plays her high school soccer for Kearney High School and her club soccer for Nebraska Select. And I also know that she has guest played a little bit for Evolution. Garner led Carney High with 10 assists while also tallying 13 goals. She helped the Bearcats to an impressive 12-6 and record. In my opinion, this is a great pickup for Concordia. When I was the Wayne State coach, I really liked Kirsten's ability and athleticism, and I had recruited her a little bit when I was still there. The last signing we have to announce is out of Fremont High School, Denise Lango, who plays her high school soccer for Fremont High, and her club soccer for Midwest Premier Academy has signed with NAIA program Briarcliff University in Sioux City. Briarcliff has seen a lot of recent success in the GPAC, including being this year's conference champions. Longo, who can play as a midfielder or forward, will join the Chargers next fall. I'm all done with the prep recruiting roundup, but I do have a few two-year transfer announcements to make. The growth of the junior college game in our country has been great, 
And we have seen it in our area with the successes at the national level of Iowa Western Community College and Northeast Community College. And we want to make sure that we shine a light on those programs and those athletes who are continuing their careers from these programs. The first announcement is Georgia Provo making the short trip across the Missouri from Iowa Western to Creighton University. Provo, the 2021 D1 NJCAA Player of the Year, helped lead the Reavers to a national championship. Provo is a complete player in the midfield. He joins a Creighton University program coming off a successful fall season, which saw them reach the second round of the NCAA tournament. The next two announcements come from Central Community College. First up, defender and Trinidad native, Nakoba James, has signed to continue his career with NAIA and NCCAA team Southwestern Christian University. SCU finished 14-8-2. SCU competes in the SAC Conference, where they made it to the championship game of the conference tournament. They also compete in the NCCAA, where they finished in the Elite Eight nationally. James's teammate, Mark Ackerman, has signed to continue his career with NAIA and GPAC side Concordia. Ackerman is a Gothenburg, Nebraska native. This past fall, he tallied eight goals and three assists. James and Ackerman helped lead Central Community College to a 9-7-2 record and the regional semifinals. The last transfer signing will be on the women's side of things. Southeastern Community College Megan Davis has signed on with NAIA Concordia. Before arriving to Southeastern Community College, Megan Davis played her high school soccer for Lincoln East. Davis appeared in 12 games as a midfielder for the Storm this past season, and she tallied four goals. She joins a Concordia program that finished 9-7-2 and and saw their season ended in the GPAC corner finals after they had successfully made the national tournament in the COVID spring of 2021. There's some more big transfer news, but you're going to have to listen to this week's interview for that information. Congratulations to all of the recent signees. Again, if we missed anyone, please be sure to send us a DM or tag us in a tweet so we can include you in the next recruiting roundup. This recruiting roundup was brought to you by the Sports Recruiting USA. Sports Recruiting USA is the most transparent, personable, and affordable U.S. college soccer recruiting service. Sports Recruiting USA has been advising and helping place student-athletes with college soccer programs since 2010. To learn more about Sports Recruiting USA, visit www.sportsrecruitingusa.com. Before we get to the interview, first a word from one of our sponsors. This week's interview is brought to you by Fleet Feet Sports. Fleet Feet Sports is a local family-owned and operated store that is part of a network of specialty running, walking, and fitness stores across the country. Fleet Feet serves a wide range of active individuals from people who are on their feet at work, to those who go on leisurely walks, to those who are running marathons. Fleet Feet will help you stay healthy and active. Fleet Feet has locations in Omaha and Lincoln. For more information, visit www.fleetfeet.com. This week's conversation with Steve Poynton is a good one. Coach Poynton is on the coaching staff of Lincoln High, Nebraska Wesleyan, and Nebraska ODP. He is a pastor in the Lincoln community and is generally just a great individual to have in our soccer community and has a great backstory to how he got here. I hope you enjoy this interview. On today's episode of Nebraska Soccer Talk, I welcome on Steve Poynton from Nebraska Wesleyan University, Lincoln High, and Nebraska ODP. So just like a lot of soccer coaches in our community, he wears a lot of hats. So Steve, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me. Yeah, off air, uh, Steve kind of shared a little bit of his story, uh, like his background and his journey to Lincoln. And it was, I was like, oh, that is not the, the path I was expecting it to take. So 
how did you get from Northern Ireland to now being a, a, a soccer coach and a pastor in, in the Lincoln area? Yeah, well, so I'm uh, originally from Belfast, Northern Ireland, and was uh, born and raised there and uh, went to school there. Um, my background is uh, actually in peacemaking and uh, conflict management. And so that was a, a large part of my life uh, in Northern Ireland for a, a number of years. And actually, I, I think what's really interesting, I obviously grew up in Belfast and in Northern Ireland during a time of uh, the, what we call the Troubles, and uh, yep. where you know there was heightened conflict, there was a lot of distrust on on both sides of the Protestant and Catholic communities, and you know I I think that's really where some of my um, even my love of soccer came about as well, um, because while there was not a lot of work going on at the time between both communities, soccer was one of those things that actually united both of the communities. You know, it didn't right. matter which side of the community you were on, um, everybody had a favorite Premier League team, everybody the, the best position they could play and everybody loved to play. And so yeah. uh, I remember when, when I was growing up and I, I went on some of the uh, original kind of peacemaking, building you to be peacemakers in your community. And they brought some uh, folks from the Protestant sides and the Catholic sides together. And, you know, the idea was as leaders uh, as and young people in our communities, they were going to try to help us uh, develop and develop this peace. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we didn't have anything in common other than the fact that we all had like a Premier League team that we cheered on. So <laughs> I remember the first time I was in a room with uh, a couple of the folks from uh, from the Catholic youth group and one of them had a Man United shirt on. And I, I had this mixture of feelings because I didn't know as a Liverpool fan, I, I didn't know if I, you know, hated this guy more because he was a Catholic or more <laughs> because he was a Man United fan. Uh, and so it was interesting because then during breaks and stuff, you know, it didn't matter the intensity of some of the conversations we'd had, we'd all take the, the football outside and kick it around. And, you know, that was kind of some of the, the initial team building. But um, so, so I think just even as we, you know, look all across the power of soccer to, to unite within that. But um, I, in 07, um, I, uh, took a call uh, to go and work at a church in the Detroit suburbs and lived and worked there for uh, for a handful of years. And actually, that was where I first got involved with uh, the, the American side of, uh, of soccer then as well. I um, worked at a high school there, with, did some varsity and JV stuff at the local high school, uh, as well as within the city, and um, really, really grew uh, some of my, my love of coaching uh, as well as, as my love of playing as well. And uh, after a few years in Detroit, my wife and I ended up in uh, small town Mississippi for, uh, for a few years, which was a, a really good experience. It was a very different experience from uh, uh, the time we had in Detroit. And then in uh, 2013, we uh, arrived in Lincoln. Uh, my wife took a call at a church in, in Lincoln and uh, um, then uh, I ended up at the church that I'm at as well. Yeah, and 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 so people, there's a couple things in in that explanation of, of where you come from. I think that in the United States, unless you have um, maybe unless you're into history or into global conflict, you may, especially if you're younger, you may not know anything about the troubles in Northern Ireland. So I encourage any listeners that if you don't know what Steve's referring to, definitely go go online and and, and take a look at everything that the the countries 
in that area went through and, and, and kind of how like the power of, like he said, that there, there were uniting factors in that soccer being one of them. Um, and then you get to, you get to Lincoln and you, so your pastor, and on top of this, you, you also are like, have, have your hands, uh, like coaching a couple different teams. So when did, what was your first coaching position when you got into Lincoln? So my, um, my first coaching position actually in Lincoln, um, was, uh, uh, credit of Jeff Weller at the Y. And, and so I actually did a little bit with the Y and the Y soccer Academy when I, when I first got here. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I also then volunteered with, uh, Lincoln East as well. Okay. With, uh, with Jeff Hoham over there. And so, uh, uh that was really the, the first kind of, um, entry into the, the soccer community, uh, within Lincoln then. Uh, when Jeff retired from, from Lincoln East in 2017, um, uh, I moved over to Lincoln High, and uh, this will be, we're about to start uh, the fifth season now over at Lincoln High. Yeah, and let's, let's, let's get into that. You're the, you're the JV coach for Lincoln High, also probably assisting with the varsity. How, how, uh, how is the, how's the squad looking, or what, what's the prospects for Lincoln High this year? Yeah, uh, you know, we're, we're really excited. So the, the JV team are coming off the back last year of uh, a really successful season. So last year, the JV went 12 and one. They're the current city champions within Lincoln. That's awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, we just had it with a great group of guys, a lot of freshmen, a lot of really talented freshmen. And, uh, you know, I, I love uh, I love the freshman perspective when they, you know, especially within high school, when they come onto the field, there's just there's just so few expectations. There's still that joy and fun that they, they want to have when they play. And so, uh, you know, that's what I told them last year was go out and have fun, you know, play the game and, and, and just enjoy it. And, you know, they, they put together a great season. And so uh, I think it's, it's going to be really exciting. It was a JV record that they set last year with, with their 12 and one record, but you know, the challenge for so many of those talented freshmen now is can they, can they make that jump? A lot of them got some varsity minutes towards the end of the season. And, you know, can, can they make that jump this year now into uh, playing varsity soccer as well and continuing to develop the competitiveness of the, the Lincoln High varsity team? Yeah. And I think that as a, I used to coach JV soccer for several years at one time. And I, I think that sometimes, like you said, freshman year, it's so nice because they come in and they're, they're just like, they're like excited to play because there may not be that expectation to make varsity what uh what can go into you know like what encouragement would you have for a player or or even parents who maybe they have a son or daughter who they wanted to be on varsity but they're on the jv team like what what type of growth can still happen on jv teams not just at lincoln but like anywhere around the omaha lincoln you know carney areas right well and i i think it you know you kind of touched on it because i I think it's really how how can you allow that growth to Occur? How do you respond to perhaps the disappointment of not attaining that goal? But in reality, it's you just didn't attain that goal this year. It's not mm-hmm. to say you're you're never going to play varsity soccer. And so, you know, can you can you listen to the feedback that your coaches are giving you? You know, it's maybe not that you're not an extremely talented player, but you know, I know for for us within Lincoln High, there's often the conversation of do we place a really talented player on varsity who may not uh, get as many minutes? versus do we place them on JV where they'll start more often than not, be able to play a really influential role and really continue the development as, as a soccer player. And, you know, as a coach, it's, it's a little easier to be able to say, oh, well, I think you're going to, you know, we know you're going to play a lot more minutes 
and you're going to be able to really develop and you're going to work, be able to work on your, your quickness of touch and your speed of play. And, you know, this is going to be a great environment to do that. But as a player, you know, there, there is that disappointment of saying, oh, well, I'm not going to play varsity. You know, when, when in, in truth, it's not to say because we know injuries happen and other things happen as well. And, you know, there's, there's times that I've had really some wonderful JV, JV players that I've been excited about. And, you know, one, one game into the season, they, they're promoted sure. to varsity because there's <laughs> yeah. an injury or something else. And, you know, so, but I think as well, how you respond to those decisions tells us as coaches a lot about your character as well. You know, do you, will you just mope around with the disappointment? Will you take it personally or will you use it as that motivation and that driving factor? Because Obviously, that's one decision, but that's also going to be your coping mechanism for a lot of other decisions. So, hundred percent, you're not coping well with that as a part of tryouts. Well, what's going to happen on the field when you make a mistake? You know, what's going to happen when uh, there's conflict with your teammates? And so, I think the more that you can use those decisions to, 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 to use it as a driving force and and be determined then to use, to continue with that as your as your goal, but to also enjoy the experience as well because i think sometimes we get you know I, i've known players who they've been cut for three years and they made varsity in, the, in their final year uh, and that was because they kept putting the work in but there's been other players who they made varsity in maybe their first or second year and it wasn't the experience that they wanted it to be either and you know they, they end up leaving and there's not an enjoyment to it as well and so especially i think within the high school game that's that's part of at least our goal at lincoln high is obviously to create a competitive um, soccer team, but to also give you some enjoyment and fun as, as we take that journey together as well. Yeah. And I think that the other thing too, and you kind of touched on it is, is as a JV coach, you try to push, you want your players to move on. Like, and I, I remember as a JV coach, I was always excited, whether it was within the year or like the next year to go watch a player I had coached the year previous now excel at the varsity level because it was a good selling point to say like, Hey, listen, like it's possible. Like you're not just cause you're here this year does not mean you can't be at this next level, both as a player, but also as a leader, because like you also said this, you get to fill a different role on the field, but you also get to fill a different role on, in the team. You may be the, you may be the leader and the engine on the JV team, but you may not get that opportunity on the varsity team. So you get to grow into the being a leader so that eventually in that next year or the two years or the three years later, you can be the engine for the varsity team because you know how to do it because you did it at the JV level. Um, Absolutely. You know, and one of the, one of the benefits that we have at Lincoln high is with some of the limited um, turf space, we, we practice JV and varsity together. And so it gives the, gives the JV guys an idea, you know, if, if you didn't make it, you can quickly see the, the difference yeah. in the speed of play. You can see the more skillful players because you're going up against them. Uh, and so it's not a case of, you know, what will it be like when I get there? Well, you, you get to experience the varsity speed every day in practice, which is only going to make you a better JV player as well. hundred percent. I mean, they basically, even after tryouts, they get every day to prove that they belong up there or, or don't. Um, and so moving into the development side of things, you've been a part of the uh, Nebraska Olympic development program, ODP. Um, I'm not sure how many years. I know you're with the 0405 uh, boys now, but how many years have yeah. you been a part yeah. of uh, no, Nebraska DP? Uh, I think this is my second or maybe my third year. Okay. Um, de- definitely the last two years. Okay. And what do you what do you enjoy about the Nebraska DP program, or what do you think it brings um, to the table for players in our state? 
Yeah, I think um, I think there's a couple of things. I, I, I think it's um, it, it gets a lot of, you know, w- within club, you're, you're playing within that environment where you'll play with um, a lot of those players uh, continually, you know, throughout the season, throughout the fall, you're playing tournaments and stuff. And, and so what I really enjoy about the ODP side of things is it brings all of those top players together. You know, it brings some of the top players from the different clubs together and, and allows you to, to see uh, within yourself kind of where you're at in terms of the, the, the state product and state quality as well. You know, I, I think the opportunity to go and play against other top kids then uh, within the region against, you know, your IOs in Kansas. So there's a tournament in Kansas City around yep. uh, just before Christmas time. And then in a couple of weeks time, uh, they'll go out to the sub-regional out in Memphis uh, and play against uh, some some of the additional teams. And so I, I think on top of that as well, it, it exposes you to um, additional coaches. You know, I, I think uh, at times, uh, I think as a coach, sometimes we can get very protective of our players and, you know, we know the best way for their development. <laughs> yep. and, and, and I think, you know, exposing them to other coaches and other methodologies and, and other ways of doing things, I, I think can only help their uh, development really in, in the long run. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. I do. I, I also agree with the standpoint that sometimes as coaches, we can get protective of our players or just generally speaking, like, you know, like, Oh, that, that that's not right. Or we know, we know best, but in reality, that that's kind of what's great about Nebraska soccer and the, the players is, is players can realistically play club. They can play ODP and they can play high school. So they're getting three different experiences where they fill three different roles too. Um, and hopefully gets them ready for the next level, which is where you also coach at. Um, and uh, and so you're at NWU, um, yeah. Nebraska Wesleyan University, the the only Division three uh, program in the state. Um, how how have you enjoyed your experience at NWU? Yeah, it's um, it's been it's been a great experience. So uh, I started as the assistant when uh, Brandon Manila started as the head coach there um, uh, of the men's program. So. This is our uh, our fourth year together, and uh, it, it's been it's been a really great experience. It's it's been very different, obviously, from uh, the high school side of things. Um, there's there's much more in involvement in terms of uh, you know continuous workouts throughout the year. There's uh, a portion of uh, uh, leadership development time that we're allowed with the guys, and actually, we're just about to start this week. We're going to start our uh, winter leadership development. We we uh, were enjoyed the new season of Ted Lasso so much. We've developed an, an eight-week uh, leadership development course based around uh, Ted Lasso for hey, that's a awesome. couple of months. So we're really excited, you know, and uh, uh, it, it's interesting because um, we, what we've spent a lot of time on over the last couple of years in particular is really developing a culture, you know, a culture that is a fun environment, but a culture that also is developing uh leaders throughout the whole team so we actually uh, a couple of years ago scrapped uh captains um and basically challenged everybody within the squad to to step up and and be the leaders that that everybody wants and uh, you know we, we had a really great response it it helped a little bit during the covid year because we we played our modified covid conference schedule uh, right. last spring with 13 field players um, we had a you know a whole mixture of injuries and COVID restrictions and other things and so um, but what it did was it created a really tight bond 
uh, and, and just this really strong culture within the guys that were there. And, uh, you know, I, I think just to, just it speaks credit now because we obviously didn't finish with a, a, a winning record uh, this last year. We went five, eight and three on the year. But, you know, we, we pushed Loris in the, the conference there was, tournament. I was going to say there was a, I would say like in general, not just in your record, but also in like the performances I, I, from what I saw, I saw an in, like an increase in more competitiveness. Uh, you know, you, you stayed with a lot more teams and got some good results in those five wins. So, Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, it was, well, and Loris ended up making the, the yeah. national tournament <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and, and we lost on a golden goal in double overtime. So yeah, th that for us was, was a huge uh, benchmark, but also, you know, with, with the new uh, transfer portal as well, we're, we've had three Nebraska guys actually transfer, uh, uh, into Nebraska Wesleyan uh, as a part of that and you know I think to to do so with not a positive record speaks just volumes to the to the culture and environment we're creating so and I, 100%. I, don't, I don't know that we've actually done any uh, social media so this might be a Nebraska soccer talk exclusive for you Joe okay uh, awesome so, <laughs> give it to me <laughs> so we um so uh we had two lincoln southwest guys transfer back in so johnny lee and eli rhodes oh are both which guys. are both yeah. <laughs> those are going to be fantastic additions wow uh, and then uh, chance hergott from okay happy uh, south is also on, an, on the roster now as well so also like three three good players um and on on top of some of the other recruits that you brought in last year uh i mean most notably like the guys who got a lot of the attention were the the four from scott who kind of like decided to just recruit like commit like bang 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 and then all four of them were all of a sudden going and they're you know they were quality performers for scott and, and have done well for nwu as well Oh yeah. Well, and I actually, I think we ended up with uh, five from Scott. Five. Okay. Five. Yeah. So, but yeah, but uh, it's hard to keep track when, well, <laughs> when I know, well, seniors go to you guys. And, well, and that's, we, we, because we had so few in the spring season, you know, we, we brought 12 in, in this last yep. recruitment class because we, we needed, uh, we needed more guys in there as well. But, you know, not only did we bring in a lot of guys, we brought in a lot of quality guys and, yeah. you know, like the Scott guys that you think of um, many of them in our, uh, three of our last four games of the season, we started six freshmen. And, uh, you know, there was four Scott guys were starting in, in those last games of the season. And um, Zach um, Weiss, the goalkeeper, yeah. ended up starting for us and ended up getting uh, honorable mention within the conference as, as a freshman goalkeeper. Yeah, he's going to he's gonna end up like, I mean, he was a, he was a phenomenal uh, high school club goalkeeper. I think he's going to end up having a really, really good college career too. <laughs> yeah, like so he's, he's, he's very stuff. good. Some of the stuff he does in training is, is just ridiculous. <laughs> it's, uh, it's awesome. It's it's a pleasure to be able to watch it. Um, so what uh, what is uh, what is NWU like looking like going forward? Like a big recruiting class coming in this year. Obviously, we talked about the transfers. Um, but uh, what 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 else is uh, coming forward here? Yeah. So the the transfers uh we're, we're losing three seniors from this class and so having the three come in kind of balance that out a little bit okay uh, a couple of our seniors are coming back for their uh, covid year uh, nice. in, the, in the fall as well which we're, we're super excited about 
um, including uh, Logan Lawrence, who uh, yeah. made, made the conference team this year. Yeah, well. who's, he's been a, he's been a high performer for you the last two years. He's he's been phenomenal, and and he's been uh, we use him as our benchmark even for a lot of the freshmen that come in because he came in and he was motivated and. Um, you know, when he first came in, it, the physicality was probably the thing that he was lacking the most and his willingness to learn and his willingness to put in the work in the off season, you know, when, when nobody's watching in those cold winter months in the weight yeah. room doing all of that. And, you know, he, he's got, he's got the credit and the reward and the accolades over the last couple of years that all of that hard work that nobody else saw, uh, has come to fruition. So, yeah, you know, going forward, um, we'll, uh, uh, we'll get together in March for our uh, our uh, spring season workouts, and you know, within D three, we're we're really limited in terms. Yeah, of I, I remember that. I was up at Concordia College for a year up in Moorhead, um, yeah. and and I remember being like, it's like the Mayak was even more limited. It was like once a week, you know, with the coaches and everything else had to be on the players. Well, and that's you know, we get we get fifteen days with them, and so yeah. it's you know, how do, do you? Do you do that two or three days? And so we're, we're going to do kind of a, a few weeks of three days and four days. And then we're, mm -hmm. we're going to finish with a couple of scrimmages, uh, one of them against STC and okay. kind of sticking in time and, and having just some of that challenge. And, and then beyond that, it's, you know, it's, it's up to the players. You know, we, we don't have the ability to work with them in the off season on the ball and uh, as much. And so uh, it, it's really part of, you know, their determination and their drive when we end up reporting back uh, at the start of August as to you know the work that they've put in and, and we tell them all the time you know as we look to as we look to recruit we've, we've got a, a, um, a couple of recruits you know confirmed we're looking uh, you know close to half a dozen or so more and uh, um, it, it, what we can do is we can you know we tell the guys we're always trying to out recruit them and they're yeah I mean we used to we used to tell I used to tell the girls that when I was at Wayne State all the time it's like I'm not trying to bring in players that are, that are worse than you. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so I, I think that's, that's really exciting. I think the other part of it that we're really proud of within the, the Wesleyan roster is, you know, how many homegrown or, or Nebraska. Uh, yeah. That's a really cool piece of it. Yeah. So we're, you know, I, I think we're just over 60% um, in terms of our roster or maybe touching 70. And, and that's, that's a huge part of, part of it for us because, we strongly believe there are lots of really talented student athletes in in Nebraska, and and we want to give some of them an opportunity. And you know, we some of them will come, and uh, a lot of them want to maybe just focus uh, more on the academic side, and they'll get a chance to play soccer with us and and kind of balance that. Others will come and play and and maybe move on. You know, it's yeah. we we talk a lot about the the JUCO route as a uh, as a showpiece for you know progressing towards Division Two and Division One and you know, that's, that's possible now, even with the, the, the division three route as well. And so, um, you know, I, I think it's, for us, it's really exciting to be able to watch a lot of the high school games, but then also have a lot of those kids just go down the road and, and play then at, at the collegiate level as well. Right. It's, and it's like, the, it's something, one, you get the, their families are coming to the games, their friends are coming to the games, but two, like for people like myself who enjoy watching them play or, or follow them, in the high school or youth level, like now I can go to a, a Nebraska Wesleyan game and, and, and see these guys play a year or two down the road and see how they've grown. And I think that like, that's cool too. Um, 
And, and so I think that that's like what I would encourage people to do is obviously we have a lot of college soccer that we can watch in the Omaha Lincoln area. Um, but don't forget about Nebraska Wesley and on the men's and women's side, because there are a lot of homegrown players that, that play for those teams. What, what about Nebraska Wesley and like, what would be the biggest selling point? Like, what, what have you enjoyed about? Cause like, you're not from here. So it's like, like from the, like, not just from the United States, but you're not from Nebraska. So it's like, from an outside perspective, what, you know, obviously that's a nice campus, like great education, but what are some other selling points about Nebraska Wesleyan in general that you've enjoyed as a, as a, as a coach there? Yeah, no, you know, one, I think the biggest thing, and it's the thing we've been working on over the last couple of years is, is creating that welcoming environment and creating that team together culture. Um, you know, even, even when we, when I first got to Nebraska Wesleyan, there, there wasn't, there were pockets of friends throughout uh, the squad um, and they came together and they played. But over, you know, this, this last year, we, we talk about it as coaches that this was, uh, this was not only a, a solid year in terms of progress, it was a really fun year as well. Which, which, yeah, that, that makes, that does make a huge it, difference, even at the college, college level yeah. for, co for coaches too. I don't think like, I don't think like people realize that, that like when it's fun with, with the team, like it, it's nicer for the coaches too. Like we enjoy it more yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and that's, that was, we, so we um, took a couple of trips with the guys this year. We went down to Texas uh, over. Yeah. You um, covered the whole, you covered the we, whole we middle everywhere. of the country. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of miles racked up, but you know, that's, and, and it was obviously fun to go down and uh, play different games and compete against different teams who we may not see every year. Um, but, but even to have that time on the bus and the team building for that time and you know that, that's that's huge and so I, for me that that's one of the fun things is that yes there's you know there's lots of important work to be done on the soccer field but at the same time we're, we're also trying to create you know create this environment where we can develop students into productive members of society as well and, yeah. and that that's been just the, the huge uh, a huge piece of that. Yeah, and I think that's the one thing that sometimes gets forgotten too in college athletics is that, um, you know, you're going to have them for four or five years, but then they need to go on and be able to, you know, hold a, a job, a good job, you know, and be a contributing member to society, but also a, a, not just contributing, but like a good positive person and out there. And like, that's what we want as college coaches is to have good positive people out in our out in our uh, out in our communities because a lot of I know a lot of Nebraska Wesleyan graduates stick around like they stick around they, they, they live in Omaha and Lincoln and, and we want those types of good people in our communities um before I let you go I have two more questions last one is who are a couple players that maybe the fans should keep an eye on for Lincoln High uh for Lincoln High um oh good question um I I think uh one of the guys for for uh folks to watch is uh etta uh, okay. he uh he was he was my number 10 and my number eight with uh, within the jv program he got a lot of minutes near the the end of uh, last season at the varsity level incredibly skillful you look you look at him and he's like five five i think generously <laughs> but, in soccer cleats <laughs> you know in soccer cleats right you know but it's like, honestly some of the stuff he does at times is is messy like just the the change of direction the range of passing i've never seen a smaller kid win as many headers in the air it's a mentality his, it's his desire and his determination it's that mentality to do it and so you know i think he he's going to be uh, he's going to be huge you know we, we've got um and then along the front line we've got uh, ronan parks and uh, alex warwick as well and uh, 
um, you know, one, one's a senior and one's a sophomore, but two incredibly coachable young men, extremely, extremely fast. And, and so I think if, if they can connect and, and click together, I think it's going to be a, re a really exciting uh, forward line for us this year. Awesome. So make sure we're out of, look on the lookout for those three players when you're watching Lincoln High. And my last question, I have to ask you about your most important coaching role, and that is the coach of your son's yeah. uh, team. How, how old is your son, and, and, and what is it like to coach your son? <laughs> yeah, e Eli is eight. Um, okay. And so we have, I've coached um, his team through the Y since kindergarten. Uh, and so we just finished uh, this last season in, in the fall. And, um, you know, it, it's really it's by far the, the most fun and most enjoyment. What I love about his team is that almost everybody on his team, they all go to the same school. Okay. So they, they're around each other all the time. Like at the minute they're playing basketball together in the spring, they'll play softball, baseball together. They're always around each other. And, and that's that reminds me of how I grew up. That's how like, that's how we, I played all the same, I played all sports with the same group of guys, the boys. And it, it's so good. And, and what I love is that, you know, the, the guys on in, in as part of this group that are the best soccer players are not necessarily the best basketball players, <laughs> and, and you know they're maybe not the best baseball players, and so every every kid has a role. But you know beyond that, they're in they're in the school hallways together every day as well, and you know those relationships are just going to be huge. And and sport is just a tool to continue to develop those relationships. So yeah, they they had a fantastic season, and uh, um, you know I, it's interesting because from a parent's point of view. Um, my, my belief is always, as a coach, has always been about the development of the player. Well, when you start, you know, with the first and the second graders, we've, we talked a lot about, we're going to develop as players, we're going to spend the time to develop as players, it's not going to be so much about how we play or the results. And, you know, that's not at any level, as you know, it's not, that's not what parents want to hear. But I, I feel <laughs> no, like no. now they're starting to see some of the, the fruits of having spent time working with the players, you know, and, and uh, they're starting to see now what it means for them to be as a team in terms of their skill development. Right. And then, uh, you know, we have, we have quite a few parent coaches are in the community of, of, of parents who have soccer backgrounds. We're starting to get to that. I mean, now that's where it's like, I think that's where the narrative has to shift obviously a little bit with people being like, Oh, they're a parent coach. Well now parent, like we're getting to the age where parents who played soccer now have kids. So like, it's okay. Like yeah. it's a lot more normal and acceptable to be coached. Is there, is there any difficulties in, in coaching your son? So my dad was my coach and like, there was always like, there was, it was good and bad. Like, is there, yeah. is there some stuff that could, is tough sometimes when you're, when you're also coach, but also dad, you know, I, I think, I, I think for me, it's been a good challenge of finding where that, where that balance is, okay. you know, how do I treat you uh, at the same level as I treat all of your other teammates as well? And, and if anything else, you know, because I, I think a lot of times the conversation is, well, it's your son. So, you know, you're going to go a little easier on him. And, and I really believe it's the opposite. Probably the op I, I would say it was the opposite when I was growing up. I, I think you tend to be a little harder because you have maybe different expectations for them as a parent as, as well as a coach. And so, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's just about finding that balance. I, I think we do a pretty good job of it. He he still wants me. Hey, if he's still if he's still it, loving so. it, that's if he's still loving it, that's the that's the ultimate you know, like test, and, right? And that's the, it. At, the, at this level, that's how we you know that's how we gauge the success. It's not it's not in the wins. It's do you want to come back and play again next year? And if you do, and and that's the goal. Yeah, when they're when, levels. when they're eight, you want to you want them to come back, and if they bring a friend, even better. Um, yeah. 
And so, uh, you know, Steve, thank you for everything you do in the soccer community. I think that that's one thing that we want to highlight on this show, especially bringing you on, is we have so many soccer coaches in this community that they're not just a high school coach. They're not just a club coach. They're not just an ODP coach. They're not just coaching their sons. Like some of these, a lot of our coaches in this community, or they're not just a college coach. A lot of these coaches in the community, they, they coach, you know, multiple teams at multiple levels and without that type of dedication, like we don't have, we don't have that many teams. So thank you for what you do. And thank you to all the other coaches who are coaching, fill multiple roles um, in our soccer community. Um, and then also thank you for um, being someone who, you know, uh, supported early on when Nebraska talk soccer talk by, you know, um, donating to the, the Venmo uh, last spring, like really appreciate your support in that regard. Um, as we talked about, didn't have the didn't have the press pass last year so that uh the gas money and the concession stand money and the the entry fees for some of the this stuff was uh added up quickly so appreciate I, the, the support I would encourage uh, I would encourage everyone to, to support you guys as well because I, I think just the exposure uh, and and the knowledge um, that you bring to Nebraska soccer is so important and was so underserved for so many years as well and so you know I, I think if anybody has the ability to be able to contribute and support you in that way financially, then I, I would encourage them to do so. Thank you for that. And, and good luck with the, the spring season and the upcoming workouts with the NWU. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for having me on today as well. Thank you to coach Steve Poynton for joining us on the show this week. Coach Point was an early supporter of Nebraska Soccer Talk, and he's also like many coaches we have in this community who serve multiple roles, roles as a coach to keep the sport moving along and to keep the kids playing soccer under good guidance, good coaching, and good leadership. This week's interview was brought to you by Fleet Feet. Fleet Feet is a local family-owned and operated store that is part of a network of specialty running, walking, and fitness stores across the country. Fleet Feet serves a wide range of active individuals from people who are on their feet at work to those who go on leisurely walks to those who are running marathons. Fleet Feet will help you stay healthy and active. Fleet Feet has locations in Omaha and Lincoln. For more information, visit www.fleetfeet.com. Before we end this episode, I want to leave you with some USL news. On the home front, there has been a lot of angst and questions regarding Union Omaha's offseason moves. This offseason has seen a lot of Union players, including many fan favorites, leave the greater Omaha area for other teams. There has been a lot of there has not been a lot of announcements in, and that has led to some fans worrying. And I'll be honest, I was not concerned. Uh, I was talking to someone else about this off off air, um, a couple other people actually. Um, Union Omaha's management has done a great job in the early stages of this franchise. They built a championship squad in in a very difficult time in two years during COVID. Um, they were one game away from being back-to-back -back USL one league champions. Coach Jason Mims was not only part of building a championship USL side, but he has also built a national tournament division one team. So he knows how to identify talent. And I know the front office is going to help him get that talent into Omaha. They are going to be fine. And I actually love the social media posts that Union Omaha and Mims did with Mims on the bike. That was great. Um, it made me laugh. Anyways, Union Omaha has announced two signings this past week. First up, Dion Akoff. Akoff was a standout for Creighton University before spending the first part of his professional career as a successful player in the Icelandic Professional League. Akoff is an experienced professional, 
and has played in Champions League and Europa League qualifying matches. The second signing is Noe Meza. Meza comes to Union Omaha after completing a very successful collegiate career at Seattle University. Mesa is the leading or the career leading goal scorer for Seattle U, and he was the 2021 WAC tournament champion, helping Seattle U to a tournament championship and an NCAA berth in his final season. He also scored a hat trick in the WAC tournament in like 11 minutes against Incarnate Word, which is ridiculous. Uh, Mesa will bring an excellent, exciting level of goal scoring talent to Union Omaha. The last bit of USL news isn't from Union Omaha, but it does have a local connection. Uh, two Creighton sophomores uh, are going to be playing with Vermont Green in the USL 2 this year. Creighton goalkeeper Nathan Schnur and midfielder Mark O'Neill will be joining uh, the new USL 2 side, Vermont Green. They kick off their inaugural season this May, and it's exciting to see more local collegiate players finding places to play during the summer period. Last but not least, keep Nebraska State Soccer's week of free education on your calendar. It is taking place from February 28th to March 4th. You can register for the event on their social media or on their website. We look forward to seeing more announcements regarding this great week. And Nebraska ODP teams will be heading to Memphis Interregionals on February 19th, um, and they'll be competing there through the 21st. Um, so a pretty big month uh, for uh, the Nebraska State of Soc Soccer Association and Nebraska ODP. Um, thank you all for listening. As a reminder, there are several ways to support Nebraska Soccer Talk. You can continue to listen to the podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, and share. You can become a patron by visiting www.patreon.com slash Nebraska underscore talk. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can support the content we create. If you don't want to be a monthly supporter, that's okay. You can support via our Venmo at Nebraska underscore talk. Finally, if you would like to be a business supporter of Nebraska Soccer Talk, please reach out to us via our direct messages. We would be happy to discuss options. Have a good week.